Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Harvest. Uh, I'm so glad that you're here with us today, and I just wanted to let you know that I will be guest hosting for the next five episodes. And uh, we're excited here on The Harvest of what God has been doing over the last 22, 23 episodes that we've had, and just want to let you know that God is moving. So today I am uh, excited to uh, introduce to you a, a missionary that we have, and his name is Tim, and he's a missionary to the Arab world. And uh, I, I want to say, welcome, Tim. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks, Pastor Joseph. Uh, I'm good. It's uh, it's great to be with you here today. Excited. Good, good. Um, we had, uh, I, I had gotten to know you, Pastor Brian and I had gotten to know you uh, because we did some virtual missions trips. And uh, I have to say that was really exciting. I had a great time. And uh, we got to go to different sp spots of the world during a pandemic that normally we would not have been able to do. And, uh, and so it was, uh, it was an exciting time. And, and I have to say, I would love to do it again. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was great having you guys. Those are a really fun opportunity where uh, we can still have people experience the world, uh, experience uh, the work we do and, and our neighborhoods and our lives, uh, even from a distance. So we're thankful for your heart uh, and everyone who was on the team and the heart to still engage uh, and be engaged, even and when borders are closed, when countries aren't open. Uh, and yeah, it was great to have you. We had a good time. Yeah. So uh, real quick, tell everybody uh, a little bit about yourself and how you got into missions and, uh, you know, what, what you're doing out on the mission field. Yeah, certainly. So uh, my name's Tim. Um, I'm married. Uh, my wife's name is Angie. Uh, she was born and raised in Minnesota. Uh, so she was pretty homegrown her whole life until we ended up moving overseas um, we are blessed with three wonderful children. Uh, our daughter, Claire, is 10. Adeline uh, is nine. And Wesley, our, our youngest, he is four. And so, uh, yeah, we're serving here in the Arabian Peninsula. I was actually born and raised in Canada. So uh, just outside of Toronto in southern Ontario. Uh, grew up there. Grew up going to church, engaged in church. Um, I went to university for a couple of years there. I was actually studying computer engineering, if you can believe it. Um, you know, maybe not a typical path towards uh, becoming a global worker, but uh, I was studying math, computer engineering, and kind of God stopped me dead in my tracks. And it was actually a season of about a couple of years that I spent saying, okay, God, what is it you want me to do? Um, it uh, was very clear that the path I was heading down was not what God had for me. And um, I'm slow, you know, maybe like many of us guys out there, the way we process and think things through, I'm pretty tunnel visioned. And so I kept praying and saying, God, you know, what do you want me to do? Where is it you want me to go? What, what is it you have for my life? And, and I'll do it for you. Uh, I'll go there. Um, and it took me about two years to finally get it through my head that what God was saying was take the step I put in front of you and trust me for where you end up. Uh, so that actually led me to go to Minnesota. I went to North Central University in downtown Minneapolis, and I went there to study music, uh, church music. Uh, and I will tell you, there wasn't a single moment of my life that I thought I would be where I am now, that I thought I would ever be a global worker. I was, uh, we went through school and I met my wife there 
Uh, and she actually had had the call from a very young age. You know, when she was 15, she was at camp and she had that, that dream, that moment uh, that we hear often about, I think, um, where she felt clearly God was calling her to the mission field, that God had given her a vision and this picture of her doing it. I definitely did not have any such vision. But what we did have was a piece that God had a plan for our lives together. Uh, and that theme came back again. You know, this is now four or five years after the first time as we're getting married and graduating where we said, okay, God, we'll take the step you put in front of us and trust you for where we end up. And we felt the peace that God uh, had a plan for our lives together. So when uh, we graduated school, I was a creative arts pastor. We started on staff at a church um, and we were actually there for seven years. Uh, wonderful, incredible church, awesome heart for missions. We were able to, to go on trips yearly. We led a few trips. We participated in some. We supported workers. Um, and we were part of uh, this prayer group praying for a team in the Arab world. And we would get together once a month. Uh, we would Skype with the workers on the field, have a conversation kind of like we're having today, uh, you know, just chat. It was a group of people, yeah. mind you, yeah. together, but chat with a worker and just hear their story, hear what's going on. And we pray with them. Uh, and it was after that, uh, that our, our group there, we decided we'll take a trip uh, overseas. And so we went to Cairo, Egypt, uh, and it was there that God very clearly spoke to both my wife and I at the same time that this was our next step. And so that began a journey in us. You know, we were pastors on staff at the church, uh, but God was kind of flipping that all upside down. Uh, and he called us to go and, and join this thing called Live Dead. Live Dead, really simply put, is we do church planting among unreached people groups in teams. And we just felt a passion to go engage with unreached people groups. And so we, uh, we started that journey. Uh, first up was Cairo. We're now working uh, with, with Live Dead and I personally uh, and my wife, we oversee the advocacy initiative for Live Dead. What is so that? I'm excited for this conversation because advocacy is exactly what we're talking about. It's how do we all engage and do our part, right? Like we all have a part to play and God has a specific call on all of our lives and our specific call from God will ultimately and inevitably align with God's collective call for the church. Yes. which is to make disciples of all nations of every tongue. This is, this is that call. And when we all align our individual calls, that collective call is accomplished. So we get to do that with advocacy, empowering people to pray, speak, give, and go for the sake of the unreached. And so uh, we love being able to do it. Uh, and it, and it's a joy uh, for our family. That's awesome. So being that you have a young family, uh, we've asked some other missionaries the same question. How how are they involved in what is what is their whole um, uh, involvement and thought process? And what are your concerns with taking your family out onto the mission field? Yeah, you know, I tell people all the time, um, oh, there's there's very little concern. The concern we have has nothing to do with being on the mission field, has nothing to do with where we live. Um, our children are a treasure. Uh, They're a gift from God to us. And we know one of the highest callings in our life is to steward them well for the Lord, right? They're a gift from him. They belong to him. We dedicated them to him when they were babies. And we trust that every step God leads us into, he's not just leading us. He's leading our entire family. He's leading our kids. He sees our kids. Yeah. Uh, and so what's fun is that, you know, 
through time, we've had the opportunity to talk with our kids about what we do and they understand. They truly do understand why we're here. We're here so that people can meet Jesus. People who have never had the chance to hear about who Jesus is will have a chance to hear. That's why we're here. And what's cool is uh, families, especially in the Arab world, are a huge door opener. I mean, the the house across the street from where we live, it's a house with um, six sisters. They have five brothers, uh, two entire families, plus four more of the sisters all live in that house. You go down one one more house and there's another two basically families that live there with dozens of kids. We there's a there's an Eid, which is um, the the Arab Arabic word for like festival or celebration um, here. And you're it's it's where you're supposed to give a little you give a little bag of candy and a little bit of a small amount of money to all the kids. Right. Though it's reminiscent of our Halloween. They go door to door. Uh, and you give this to them. Um, it's very much not Halloween, just, wait, just to wait, be clear. So but anyway, do they walk door to door and give it out, or do yeah. you go door to door? Okay, it's like the opposite. No, so <laughs> they'll come door to door. You're yeah. supposed to go around your neighborhood and ring your doorbell, say hi to your neighbors, and then they bless you with this gift, right? Oh, that's wonderful. Well, because of the pandemic, we we faced it here. Um, we had just a few people come. We would go to their door and drop off everything. Well, we bought candy for the neighbor, just the four houses right around us. We had to set up 48 bags of candy for just the four houses right around us. So, so I say that to tell you, families are a big deal. Kids are an incredible door opener. You know, uh, you immediately have access as kids play. They don't, they don't carry the cultural and apprehensive baggage maybe that we adults carry, you know, in inserting our people's and inserting ourselves into other people's lives, man, they just dive in. They're playing games. They're all kicking stones. They're all running down the street. They're all playing, riding their bikes, scooters, whatever. Uh, and it's an opportunity then for us to engage with the parents. And so they're an incredible uh, door opener. So, uh, you know, we, we engage in ministry differently. You know, if I'm a single guy, I go out to the coffee shop and I just sit there and meet Shabab, you know, young guys and we'll meet and we'll do life. We'll play games. We'll go play basketball or soccer. It's a family. We'll go to the Wadi or to the beach or to uh, the mall, even places where families go to the park uh, and our kids play, they engage and we get to meet people. So uh, going as a family has been one of the greatest gifts. It's not something that is that we have to deal with while we do the work. It turns out, it is probably our strongest asset in, in doing this work. Wow. So with family, you have members that come together uh, that are have a, a, a specific goal. And as you're doing it as a family, you guys are supporting each other. You're lifting each other up. And, and, and you have that, uh, that atmosphere that helps you to keep on going. You mentioned advocacy. And um, and being team members, uh, how is how is team members in missions, uh, you know, sort of like what we talk about as the church, and and uh, when we have people in our church and they work as team members, how does that work for you guys with uh, missions? Yeah, so we we definitely believed in the concept of team and teamwork. Um, and it kind of plays out in two main ways. One is straight up on the ground here in country. 
we have a team. It's our family. There's two other families that are part of our team living here together. Uh, we run a business together. That's what generates access into the country. When I go out and meet with a contact, I'll bring one of the guys along and vice versa. When we go meet friends, we'll do it together. Uh, you know, you, when you look in the Bible, often people, oftentimes people are sent out two by two. You know, you see this Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas Timothy, Silas, all these um, these bands, these groups were never alone. It was very almost never a scenario. And if it ever was that, it wasn't because that was the preferred. It was just because it was necessary. So we see this modeled for us that we're not meant to do this alone. We're not meant to go. And I remember my very first days uh, on the field going out and I couldn't speak a word of Arabic. I went out with my friend who did speak Arabic and we were at a coffee shop. And my role in that, I mean, smile, engage, do my best. But man, I just prayed. I prayed that the Holy Spirit would be present in those conversations, that the Holy Spirit would anoint my teammates' words as he was sharing with these guys. And, and for him to know, and now, now that I'm in more of a, a, an experienced place, if you will, uh, where now I can handle language and I can do it, man, to know that there's that, that wingman there, that, that backing of prayer, it makes all the difference in the world because I don't have any, it's not me, right? Like the fruit of this work isn't because of my giftings or my eloquence or any revelation God has given me. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's just us saying, okay, God, what do you want me to do? How can I respond in this moment uh, and hearing him? So it's just critical. So that's the first part, right? We have team on the ground. The other aspect of team, like you said, with advocacy is we have the global body of Christ as a team, meaning we want people wherever you're at to be able to engage uh, and to partner and to understand that the work that happens here in this country, like I said, doesn't, it's not just me. And it's not just my teammate, but it's those who pray for us, who pray for our families, those who support us, those who uh, engage, who do, we talked about it earlier, their, their personal call and align it with God's collective call. When we line those things up, we, we often uh, use, and I feel bad, it, 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 we use, I don't feel bad, but we use kind of almost borderline violent illustrations, which feels kind of bad, like we're, we're not violent people, but we have this spear. It's a great illustration for this work. So our target is to see the church planted among unreached people groups all over the world. How do we hit that target? First off, we have this spearhead, which is, that's us. That's us on the front lines, our families, our team here, uh, the administration, all it takes to kind of put us here. We're the spearhead, okay? So we're at the tip of that spear. Not everyone, by the way, let's be clear, isn't Apostle Paul, is, is the tip of the spear, um, but we can come together and be a part of that spearhead. You have those people who go up front. You have those people who partner together. Some of it might be in someone who just runs a business. Man, if someone could run a business well overseas, it can create access for many families to live there, right? And, and be present to share the gospel. So it, there's all these giftings that come together, right? But that's just the spearhead. If you take a spearhead, throw it at an elephant. I mean, it's just going to laugh, like it'll laugh in your face. Like you will have no impact. I apologize for the elephant laughing. <laughs> great. <I> sound. Love <laughs> Probably not necessary, but you, maybe you won't forget it, I guess. That's right. Um, but if you attach a heavy spear shaft to the back of that spearhead, and this is something we call apostolic passion. Uh, so like I said, we're not all apostolic leaders, we may not all be Apostle Pauls, but we are all called to function in an apostolic way, meaning that the way we steward our time, 
our resources, our energy, our giftings, our passions, whatever it is, there's a direct line drawn between us, who we are and what we have, and people hearing the gospel who have never heard the gospel before. That's an apostolic function. That, that may be giving, it may be praying. There's a lot of ways it can play out, but we are all called to live in that with that apostolic function. And people with apostolic passion, maybe they aren't the tip of the spear, but we want to engage that spear shaft. And that's what advocacy exists to do. The goal is that we would be that glue that attaches hundreds of thousands, millions, we pray, of believers all across the world in connection with these bands of people on the front lines partnered together now that spear shaft when you throw it now it makes a big impact on its target and so we understand that it, it takes that for this for this to happen yeah there that's such a great analogy because a lot of times we think oh the 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 actual spearhead is is the most important part and mm -hmm. and it is important because it it's a it, it allows it, whatever it's going into to 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 go to cut through but that shaft the 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 spear shaft is what is the driving force and yeah. it it just helps with the momentum because yeah. a lot of times people think oh you know the pastors they're doing okay you know they're i don't need to get involved or the missionaries are they're, they're fine they're out there doing what god called them to do and uh, i don't really need to get involved but it takes a lot whether it's giving like you said prayer uh mm -hmm. any type of support like speed the light you know i imagine speed the light is very yeah. important to you guys yeah. and and then having mm -hmm. uh ha having the prayer support, the people that contact you uh, to be able to, um, uh, yep. you know, to, to be able to uh, contact you and be a part of what you're doing is very important. And uh, I mm -hmm. forgot to ask you this, but, um, you know, we can uh, have a, a link or something like that that we can uh, send people to you. But do you have a, a site or anything that uh, we can uh, put underneath and, and have people go to? Um, I, I yeah, you know, there's lot. You don't have to say it, but I can. There's I lots can of put it information. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can have anyone who wants. If you go to www.livedead.org, uh, that's yeah. our our main homepage that we are partnered with. We serve in the Arab world and Live Dead. We're in nine major regions of the world, uh, and that's that advocacy that we kind of oversee is partnering and working with all nine of those regions. So we're kind of. We're a little bit of both. We're going to be here on the ground working to see the church planted. I got my hand of the plow um, here, but also we're working with our global teams and how people can advocate. So you go there, you can find out all kinds of information uh, and under advocacy, there's ways that you can engage. And, and you mentioned it, Pastor Joseph, but I want to touch on prayer for just a second, if I could. Um, you know, you, you talk about, you know, we think that this spirit is the most important or maybe the shaft feels like now it's the most important, but the reality is um, it's, it's like uh, in Romans 10, 14, I believe it is. Um, Paul's writing, talks about how can they believe unless you tell them, how can you tell them unless you go, how can you go unless you're sent and you have this picture. And if you take out any one of those links, the whole thing breaks down, you know, it's, if people aren't sending, we can't go. If people aren't going, there's no one to send and there's no proclamation. If we get 
to the other side of the world, and we don't actively open our mouths and declare the truth of the gospel. You know, we can live in context where the enemy would do his best to cause us to maybe just live out a noble lifestyle and hope that somehow people are attracted to Jesus. We can't afford to do that. It's too important. The task is too great. We can't take out that declaration. It's not enough for us to sell our homes, cars, whatever, move over here and just live out our lives here. We must open our mouths and boldly declare the gospel, and then people will believe. And not if you only, take out any one of those things, yeah. Not 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 only overseas, but here, right here, in, in our community. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. Go ahead. Go Absolutely. Ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's a pretty common... <laughs> I don't want to say this too strongly, but there's a, there's a very popular concept right now of friendship evangelism. And let me, let me first say the relational side of evangelism is extremely important. Um, We don't come to beat people or scare people or overpower people into the kingdom of God. Uh, That's not how Jesus modeled it. He modeled it with truth, with love, uh, and somehow putting those two together real well, like saying the absolute truth, but saying it with complete love and, 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 and openness, you know, and that's where that relational side is so important. But when we talk about this concept of friendship evangelism, what we tend to default towards, which is the pitfall is, okay, we're not quite there yet. I can't bring up the gospel yet. We're just friends. We're friends. I'm not going to bring it up. And then a year later, Six months, two years, who knows when it'll be. All of a sudden, now we bring up the gospel. Surprise, you know, the gospel. Hey, I've been concerned that you, if you died, you would go to hell for all of eternity. Now, the question I ask there is, did you love them better if we believe that they're spending their eternity separated from God? Did we love them better by withholding that from them? And I don't believe we did. I don't believe we do any service to the kingdom in that way. Is friendship important? A hundred percent. But the way we live our lives and what we do here is we also understand is the task is big. I mean, in my country, there are somewhere between uh, five, some people might say 30 or 40 known believers in this entire country. And I actually did the math. Uh, You had to get to the seventh decimal place before you found a number. So this country, in terms of percent Christian, is 0.0000002% Christian. There is no reason to believe that anyone's eternity could possibly be changed, that anyone would ever hear who Jesus is if we don't get our mouths open and proclaim the gospel. And And the scary reality is, So now maybe my neighbors, maybe my street, maybe some people at my kid's school, whatever, they have a chance. I'll interact with them. I'll I'll cross paths with them and I'll have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. What about two blocks away? What about four blocks away? There's no reason to believe that they will ever hear who Jesus is. And this, this is what pushes us. This is what motivates us. This is what says, man, I can't afford to hold back. I can't afford to wait to tell you who Jesus is. So all that to say, uh, you know, let me encourage you guys, everyone listening. Um, this is something we carry the weight of very heavily here. It's a little more obvious to us, but listen, <laughs> I didn't have to come here to find lost people. You don't have to come here to find lost people. You're probably surrounded by them in your neighborhood. You probably 
are working with them. You're probably going to school with them and they need the gospel just as much as the people here do. Um, and so let me just encourage you to do that, to, to, to engage in these any moment you can to share a gospel truth. Uh, anything uh, it, it will be an encouragement and, and a blessing of the kingdom. So all that to say, um, we, we just believe very heavily in, in that, in that concept. And one of the things, so I got a little derailed. I wanted to talk about prayer. I don't think I ever got there. Well, actually, and we're going to get into some prayer too. So go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, so basically the reality is we were talking about you take out any of those things. It doesn't work. One of the things we say is that prayer does not just support the work. Prayer is the work. Um, you know, we often have this image of prayer, you know, like Aaron holding up Moses' arms as he's holding up the staff, right? And, and prayer is that. It's coming alongside. It's holding up. It's supporting. And it can be that, without a doubt. But if we relegate prayer simply to a how can I help me do something better, longer, more diligently, we negate a large part of the power of prayer. Because prayer is also an offensive ground-taking tool that the Lord has given us. You know, we, we have a, a core belief that things happen when we pray that wouldn't happen if we didn't. We have to all believe that. This is why we pray. This is why we engage in that way. And the reality is that your prayers, right where you're sitting, my prayers here, you know, we, we used to, after language school, four days a week as a team, we would get together for a half an hour and just pray every single day after language school. Um, and one of the things God spoke to us in that moment is that I'm doing just as much right now praying and interceding for the kingdom as I am when I'm out there beating my head against the walls of Islam, when I'm out there trying to share the gospel and the rudimentary Arabic that I do know, you know, I'm doing just as much for the kingdom in prayer. And that's something that I don't believe some of us should engage in. I think this is something that every single follower of Jesus Christ can do. Every single one of us can pray. Yes, absolutely. And let's, let's do that right now. Unfortunately, we're We've gone through our time, but uh, uh, would you, Tim, um, pray for us, and uh, and then in turn, I'm going to uh, pray for you. But uh, go ahead and, and lead us in prayer, and 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 pray for the the, the listeners and the watchers who are uh, viewing this right now. Yeah, absolutely, Father God, we come to you, Jesus. We thank you for what you did for us, Jesus. You came. You died, you gave your life that we may live, that our neighbors may live, that the Arabs around me may live, Jesus. And, and right now, we just, we center our hearts around this reality that, Jesus, you are worth it. You are worthy of whatever it is you call of us to do, whatever it is you lead us into. And Jesus, I pray right now for everyone listening and, and watching and engaging with this. God, I thank you already. I thank you for the open hearts. I thank you for the open minds to, to just engage in the hunger and the desire uh, as we called it, kind of that fancy word was apostolic passion. I thank you for that apostolic passion of the people watching and listening. But right now, Jesus, I pray specifically for those who maybe feel stirred in this moment. Jesus, you, you, you actually, Jesus, gave us a prayer request. You told us, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth, work, send forth workers. So, God, I pray right now for that. God, would you send workers? God, would you send people, maybe listening right now, would you encourage them? Uh, would you just... Prompt them once again, Jesus, for what you have for them, Jesus. And maybe it is for some listening to come overseas, God. I pray that we would do it without hesitation, God, that we would do it without question, God, and just trust you 
for, for where we end up. Take those steps and just trust you, God. And for, and for the rest of us, God, I pray we know that that's not everyone, but we are all called to engage. So God, I pray that you would stir in people, maybe to start start prayer bands, groups of people who would come together and pray in partnership with the work. Lord, I pray that you would mobilize people's finances, Jesus, that they would engage and invest in the kingdom work happening all around the world, God. But whatever it is, Jesus, I just pray right now for a heart ready to say yes. God, a heart that would say yes to you, not yes to me, not yes to any other worker that they've heard or any other person, but God, that we would turn our hearts and our ears towards you, be attentive to you to hear your voice and quickly respond with yes, Lord. Here I am, Lord, send me, do with me what you will, God, take what I have, take my giftings, uh, what you've blessed me with, God, my passions, I give them to you for your glory. And God, we say yes to you so that your, your will would be done, God, and your kingdom would come here on this earth and in our lives, Jesus. So thank you, God, for what you're doing. Jesus, I thank you with anticipation for what we know you're still going to do, God. And I just pray that we would all step into that, God, step into our own yes, God, so that you would be glorified among every tribe, nation, and tongue. And in the mighty name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. And Lord, we, we lift up Tim and the other missionaries that are out there in the field, and, and, and we pray, Lord, that you would uh, protect them. I pray that your protection would be upon their families, that, uh, that you would uh, protect them from sickness and from, uh, from things that would uh, hamper them from being able to spread the gospel. And Lord, yeah. as, as uh, we move forward, I pray that you would uh, help us to uh, fully embrace being what part of the spear, not to say that uh, we, we have what we do is not important and what they do is important but lord that together as we as we work together that we would uh do your will that the momentum would carry through that that we would uh spread the gospel to the areas that that don't have uh don't don't know you and lord i i pray for for tim's area that 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 a mighty revival, a, a, a spreading of the gospel, a, a overflow of, of who you are would be able to spread throughout the community and, and, and be able to see people come to know you, to have that relationship. I know you are working right now. And Holy Spirit, uh, work with us. Help us to do that in our communities too. We thank you for everything that you're uh, doing in our lives. And we thank you for what Tim is doing out in the field. And we love you, Lord, in your name. Amen. All right. Wow. So uh, this was uh, this went by fast, and <laughs> I have to say I really really enjoyed that. So hopefully uh, one of these days uh, we can have you back on and uh, and uh, be able to hear more of what's going on out in the field. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and put down in the banner below the Live Dead uh, website so that people can. Uh, reach out and get to know uh, better what Live Dead is all about and be able to take some of those things and apply it to their lives in their communities and and not just be a pew sitter and saying, I'm a Christian because I went to church, but being the body of Christ and being able to come together. So, Tim, thank you so much for coming on. Man, it was, a, it was an honor. I, I was blessed to do it. Thanks so much, Pastor. Welcome. All right. And uh, thank you guys for viewing and uh, be sure to uh, share this with your uh, friends and your families. And if there's anything that uh, was said today that 
you you think is is valuable just let other people know about it and be sure to be here next week uh, as we continue with the harvest god bless you